0: But it's not that. It's just the stepmother has got a different set of expectations that are not being met because right. the children aren't educated to understand what your expectations
1: are. Right, because their partner, the bio-parent of the child, has different expectations for their children.
2: Indeed. You're listening to the Nacho Kids Podcast, where we discuss all things family related Real stories, real people, real help. Your hosts are the creators of the Nacho Kids Method and the Nacho Kids Academy Step Family Coaching Team, Lori and David Sams.
1: Welcome to episode 233 of the Nacho Kids Podcast.
2: Oh man, holidays are upon us. They are.
1: And with those holidays come holiday stress. <laughs> yep. And just remember, give yourself and your significant other, and even the kids, a little extra grace this time of year. hmm We do want to tell all of our listeners in the U.S., we hope you have a very, very happy Thanksgiving and eat lots of turkey. Gobble, 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 gobble.
2: <laughs>
1: you know, your sister doesn't like turkey, David. Really? Yeah, on the group chat, she's like, what kind of meat are we having for Thanksgiving Anything but turkey, and then then put the vomit (laughs) face. Okay. I like turkey. Yeah, I don't have a problem with it. Apparently, we're having chicken. Uh Oh, I'm sick of chicken.
2: (laughs) It's the cheap turkey. (laughs) (laughs) Chicken, the cheap turkey. (laughs) It's the uh, the other turkey. Well, you know,
1: Bojangles used to have where you could buy the turkeys from them. And we used to do Mm -hmm. that, but they quit doing that.
2: I know. I wonder why. I don't know. You should ask. me sad. You should ask Mr. Bojangles. Mr.
1: Bojangles, if you are listening to this podcast,
2: mm-hmm.
1: please email me at laurie at com and tell me why you don't have turkeys
2: anymore. Bring back the turkey. Bring back the turkeys, Bojangles. Yeah. Well, well, and you know what? We do have that smoker this year. We could smoke a turkey.
1: Yeah. But I have to go buy a turkey. <laughs> <laughs> You know I don't like the grocery store. No. Anything to do with cooking, I don't like.
2: Grocery store.
1: <laughs> oh, I know.
2: Yeah. I remember Remember the one place I used to work, and every year they would give all the employees a turkey. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> we'd always had to give it to somebody else to cook it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yep. So much fun. But seriously, do remember that the holidays are hard for many people. And so if you notice somebody's in a little bit of a funk, Don't take it personally. That's right. That's right. And also, I'll just go ahead and throw this out there. So many people say the stepkid ruined our Thanksgiving. Or the stepkid or bio mom ruined Christmas. Very few people have a holiday that's picture perfect. (laughs)
2: <laughs> we don't live in
1: a hallmark card <laughs> mm-hmm. lower your expectations,
2: yep, I don't know. you know <laughs> I think the the most jacked up Christmas we ever had was the most memorable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're gonna talk about a redneck Christmas, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know. <laughs> There's punches being thrown People getting choked out
1: <laughs> Yeah, between what, a 60-year-old and a 25-year-old? <laughs> something like that
2: Yeah I, I don't know And but then yeah.
1: David's mom said something to David like Oh, I hope this didn't upset Lori She said her family's crazy, she's
2: used to it <laughs> <laughs> Yeah,
1: Not like that
2: Yeah, I remember you like, why'd you tell her that? I ain't used to this kind of craziness <laughs> Yeah, I, that was a bit above my crazy radar <laughs> well, it was a bit of a mine too, but that's the one that everybody talks about.
1: <laughs> yep. That is definitely going down in the memory
2: books. We had 49 years of just all Christmases, as you would call them, and then mm-hmm. one crazy one, and that's the only one everybody remembers. <laughs>
1: yep. <laughs> that's true. And look, if you are like I am and you don't like to cook, there are some restaurants that are open on Thanksgiving.
2: Yeah. And there are people that work there that are listening to this going, that's why I have to work. <laughs> it's people like you. <laughs> well, actually, there are some
1: places that will hold a Thanksgiving for people that don't have family and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So check that out in your area. I know a lot of churches do it and some smaller cafe type places do. Yep. So it's true. You're not alone, people. You're not alone. Nope. All right, David, our guest today is Allison Omani, and I probably screwed her name up again. (laughs) I've had her on here before, and I had to have her back because she was just great. I love talking to her. And we were supposed to talk about being a step-grandparent, but we went completely off the rails. Surprise! (laughs) We talk about expectations. Mm Mm-hmm. Y'all going to hear a lot about expectations.
2: Yeah, that's going to be our theme for 2024.
1: (laughs) That's it. And speaking of holidays and expectations, if you want a specific gift from your significant other,
2: tell them now. Or do one better like we do, and I'm like, Lori, go get what you want, (laughs) and then tell me what I bought you for Christmas.
1: You don't even tell me that. I just tell you what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I already know. got myself Christmas. Well,
2: it's because we've already done it for so long. It's not even, a, you know, we know.
1: Or, and we've talked about this, David, me giving you a list of a few things, and you can pick one mm-hmm. or two or three or four.
2: <laughs> yeah, whatever.
1: Well, Let's... we know times are hard right now. Um, I saw a meme that somebody posted and said, forget Black Friday, give us discounts on groceries. And gas. And gas. (laughs) But even talking to my dad, he said, it's going to be slim this year. Look, I don't need anything from my dad. Yes, it was great when he would give us lottery tickets, and I won $400 that one year. (laughs) But but I'd rather just hang out with him. That's what the memory needs to be.
2: Well, I would tell your dad, we don't have to invite everybody else over if he wants to give presents, but just not give them to other people. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Have a, a smaller party. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
2: Exactly. Yeah. You know, we try that every year, though. Not us like you and me, but like our extended family. Every year we try the whole, let's just get together and eat for Christmas. And every year somebody's like, well, let's do the white elephant. Let's do the this and let's yeah, do the that. Yeah, but that's so much fun. Oh, it is. It is, but. I remember, I remember when um, you know my kids were coming back in, or they were younger, or whatever. Everybody tried to be um, mindful of the fact that they probably didn't have a whole lot of money, and so they would say things like, "Let's just skip it this time," and and whatever. And, and nobody ever does that. Somebody's always like, "I'll just buy the gift for them."
1: That's what we did.
2: <laughs> Yeah. When they walk through the door, we're like, Did you bring a gift? They're like, No, okay, here's one. <laughs> but you know, the funny thing about the whole gift giving, like white elephant thing, is it's only fun if somebody's fighting over something. Mm-hmm. Like, there's been a couple where n- nobody fought over anything. I'm like, this That's what your
1: mama gives. Your mama will go through her pantry. <laughs>
2: <laughs> she
1: does. She does. And she'll get like collard greens and pinto beans. <laughs> And a roll of toilet paper and mustard. I mean, crazy stuff.
2: Yeah. And everybody has this look on their face like, I don't want that. Yeah, you're stuck <laughs> with that. Well, see, she she looks at it differently. Like, she thinks the game is about what's the craziest thing that you can bring. Well, but this year, people might want those groceries. Yeah.
1: Hey, that's, that's like that year that everybody fought over the toilet paper. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, sometimes they fight over the craziest stuff. Like, you just never know what's going to be the hit.
1: Yeah. You call it the white elephant. I always call it the Chinese auction gift-giving thing or something. I don't know.
2: Well, I,
1: that's what I used to call it, but nobody knew what I was talking about. So so anyway, that's enough for that right now, David. All right. Well, let's get to listening. Today, we have Allison Omani. Hey, Allison. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you. So... I bet if we go back and listen to episode 220 that you were on before mm-hmm. we would hear me crucify your name. I think I said O'Mahoney or something.
0: <laughs> oh, don't worry about that.
1: <laughs> Hopefully I didn't, but yeah, it's possible. I'm going to have to go back and check. Maybe, it, and it doesn't matter either way. So, like I said, you were a guest previously on our podcast. Episode two hundred and twenty, and I wanted to have you back to talk about being a step grandparent. Uh huh. And I also want to talk a little bit about the differences in relationships between bio and step. Mm hmm. With you. Okay. So let's tell people a little bit about you in case they didn't hear episode two twenty. Which, if you didn't, you need to go back and listen because it was really good. <laughs> So tell us how long you've been blending, what age the kids were when you came into their life, their ages now, and how many steps and bios. That would okay. be a good start.
0: Okay. So um, I um, met my uh, husband in uh, 1994, and we married the following year. He was a widow, and the, he had two children The eldest, a boy, was aged eight, and the girl was aged four. And she was five when I married my husband. And then a little while later, I had two sons of my own. So that was in 1998 and 1999. And my stepson is now 37, and my stepdaughter is 33. And my two sons are 25 and 24.
1: Okay. So you meet this man and he has kids and his wife has passed away. That's correct. Yeah. A lot of people would shy away from that just because of him being a widow. But your mom passed when you were young.
0: That's correct. That's correct.
1: So you felt you could help them a little bit through this journey.
0: Well, in fact, you're absolutely right, Laurie, because that's exactly what attracted me to joining the family. You know, uh, it's like I I really wanted the opportunity to, in a way, put right what I couldn't put right when my own mum died young. Mm -hmm. And I had a stepmother uh, who joined my family, and I had four younger brothers. So we were quite a large family. And my stepmother joined. And she she found it really hard. And we didn't make it easy for her. But I always felt that it could have been done differently. And if it could have been done differently, she and we would have had a totally different experience. So when I met Simon, I really felt that this was an opportunity for me to put right what I hadn't been able to put right in my family of origin and do it differently.
1: Yeah. Well, and you probably in some way felt like you wanted to make up for them what you didn't have.
0: Absolutely. And I felt that we as a, a family group with my own stepmother had had really lost out because if only she'd been able to do things slightly differently we would have had a very different experience and i wanted to do things differently in the next family so that they my stepchildren would would benefit and not struggle like we we had when i was a child and do you feel like you've accomplished that um i do but i will say that it wasn't Anything like as easy as I thought it was going to be. I had thought it would have been that that it was it was plainly obvious what needed to be done, and my stepmother had missed the clues. Um, but in fact, actually, uh, when you join as a stepmother, it's it's th- uh, thwarted with all sorts of things that you don't quite quite. It's not as easy as you think it's going to be at all. Right. And you really have to, it's, it's almost like some of the things you have to do almost like counterintuitive. You know, you just, it, it is difficult. It is difficult. It right. is
1: difficult. I know David uses that phrase a lot, the counterintuitive part, when he talks mm-hmm. about not your kids. Yeah. He said, it seems like everything that is part of the process is what you would not want to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's the complete opposite. Yeah. I mean, what respect sort of thing? What what sort of thing? Because we read that the stepmoms to be mom, love them like your own.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: All that stuff. And it didn't work. And so I quit trying to act like I loved them like my own because I really didn't love them like my own in the first place yeah. and felt yeah. bad because I didn't. And
2: yeah. then I
1: realized that I'm not the only one for sure. So I quit trying to be mom at all in the situation. Yeah. And then I had to learn how to take what I was given as far as I've got this man that I love dearly and these crazy youngins, and Mm -hmm. I need to figure out how to coexist in a healthy way. Yeah. Because it was very unhealthy. And we figured it out by doing the opposite of what we thought we should do. If it was quote, quote, a nuclear family thing. For instance, if pretty much four people wanted to go to Carowinds, as a, quote, quote, nuclear family, probably everybody goes. Yeah. With us, it was okay if everybody didn't go. Yeah. It was okay if I didn't take my son and go with them or vice versa. Yeah. Because you still have to nurture those individual relationships and not try to make everything about one big happy family.
0: Yep. Yep. I mean, I think that um, what you've said is an incredibly important point because I'm really interested in this business about not loving your stepchildren at the moment because it's, it's we are not predisposed to love somebody else's kids. Yes when we give birth to children ourselves, we have all these hormones rushing around our body making us into sort of these mother carers who nurture their their own child but that doesn't mean to say that some who some, somebody who else who comes into the family later is going to feel the same way right in fact it's more it would be more strange and more unusual if they did and that's a classic example of a step-parent difference or issue mm-hmm. because y- you think you're going to go into the step-family and love them. But actually, you co- your, your head can't dictate how you feel and and you don't feel that love for them. And then you've got a problem because you're in the family, but you haven't got the the nurturing and the and the and the and the hormones to help you, and right. why would you love somebody else's
1: kids on demand right, and you're lucky if you tolerate them much less love them <laughs> indeed indeed indeed, mm-hmm. and so the assumption
0: can be that you're going to of course you're a nice person you're going to love these kids, but right. you find you can't now I find that that you can learn to love them and yes. you, and love does exist and it you can you do end up with a relationship which is second to none it's like irreplaceable it's superb but it doesn't come from starting by thinking you're going to love the kids mm-hmm. if you start from there then it's based on a relationship of dishonesty and the only place you can start learning how to love each other, is from a place of honesty. And so when, as you did, you decide you're not going to love them, you're going to be real about it, that is the honesty that can then, from there, the relationship can build. If you can be trusting and respectful and kind and, as you say, treat them as individuals nobody has to do all the same things, you treat them into, you know, you do things separately, you build the relationship separately, mm-hmm. then it can be a, a true relationship of love, but right. not by starting and hoping you're going to love them from the outset. Because why would you?
1: Right. And I only have one child, so I can say this very easily. I feel like if most parents are honest, Like, truly 100% honest. They have one child that they have a stronger relationship with, which could be equated to loving that child more. Yeah. It's different types of love. And you bond differently with different people, and it's a natural thing. It's a... It's not in your control. It's not like you intentionally say, I'm going to love this kid more than this one. Or I'm going to get along better with this kid than this one. You
0: You love them for different things, don't you? Right. My understanding is that what I felt about my stepchildren was that they also knew that they didn't love me on demand. Right. So, in fact it all just ends up being one huge pretense. Mm-hmm. you know people say love you and you're expecting them to say love you too. it's just couldn't be further from the truth. <laughs> it's 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 like it's like it's not a it's, it's not realistic. it's 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 not a place to start. i mean it's it's a relationship based on total dishonesty. yes. and and actually it can be quite insulting. it can be quite uh, angry making. Mm -hmm. You you know, if you feel as though you're having to pretend to love somebody, that must be awful. And yet this whole step family thing is set up to sort of try and mimic a sort of original family, and you're much better off not doing that.
1: Right. Exactly. I feel like if most people could have that mentality going in, there would be so many less separations in blended families. If you're getting into a blend, if you can go in with the same behavior towards those kids that you have while you're dating their parent and never have nuclear family expectations, your life will be wonderful. Hmm. But you need to grieve those nuclear family expectations if you do have them. But having those expectations is what sets us up for disappointment. Yeah. And if I never expect the kids to love me, if I never expect the kids to tell me thank you when I do something for them, then I'm not disappointed and I don't have resentment because your own kid can do those things. But you have those rose-colored glasses on and you see it differently.
0: Yeah. Undoubtedly, it's the expectations. The moment you have an expectation, you're setting yourself up for disappointment. Amen. And therefore, it's the expectations that can be at fault. And if you don't expect it, you'll be so much better off. Right. It's true.
1: It's Mm -hmm. true. We've talked about how, because I've said that before, and people will say, I'll say, You shouldn't have expectations in the blend, or you shouldn't have expectations of your stepkid, right? And, of course, some people were like, oh, you have to have expectations. What kind of chaos is that if you don't have expectations? Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, I expect that my stepkids won't murder me in my sleep. That's about as far as I'm going. (laughs) Because any other type of expectation... It it not only creates disappointment, it creates anger. Yes. Yes. And deep-seated anger that piles up and you can explode like a volcano because the cereal box has been empty 20 times. Yes. And that's not worth losing your sanity or your relationship for. And I am a big person, since I've learned this whole nacho thing and grown through the process, Hmm. I am a big proponent of that I'm not going to let a cereal box steal my joy. No. No. If I need to be mad about it, I will give myself a time. And it's funny, I started off with five minutes. Set a timer on your phone for five minutes, and you can't do anything but be mad. Yeah. That whole five minutes. Yeah. You realize what a waste of time it is. Yeah. Yeah. And then eventually you're at 15 seconds and going, I'm good. Yeah. But you can feel it and be mad. But I have control over if I let that box upset me. Yeah. But the expectation is that if a box is empty, somebody else will throw it away. Simple expectation, right? Yep. Yeah. And perfectly reasonable, you'd have thought. Right. But then I get into this, and you might say, oh, Lord, Lori, where are you going with this? Who are we to have expectations of anybody else? Mm, 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 I can mm. expect David won't cheat on me. Mm -hmm. Is is there a 100% guarantee? No. Mm -hmm. He's a man. And no offense, I'm not saying anything bad about men. Y'all know what I'm saying. I do. I do. I do. so with those expectations come conditional love. Yeah. Yeah. So as far as loving anybody unconditionally, the only person I feel that with is my son. And that's because probably you've got
0: you've you've had the the nurturing, the nurturing bond with him right from the beginning, right? I'm, I'm reading a book at the moment about, um, I'm not quite sure how you pronounce it, but I think it's matriance. It's, it's motherhood and what happens to you when you have a baby of your own and how the preparation for the baby arriving is all goes all the way through the pregnancy and how pregnancy changes us forever as, as, as human beings. And, um, we are never the same person. For example, I was just talking to somebody about it the other day. It's just like, once you become a mother, you become very aware of danger. Did you know that? And I hadn't realized this before, but I completely recognize it. It's like when you give birth to your own child, you are very aware of what of danger around you. So mm-hmm. if, if there's, if there's a fast car in the street, you, you you look for your child. If there's um a, a, you know something that they could hurt themselves on, you're on the lookout for it. Right, and it's you're, you've got a sort of heightened sense of sort of caring for them.
1: Yeah, because your mind has already pictured the worst that's going to happen if you don't exactly. intervene. Exactly,
0: exactly, and you're sort of you're 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 almost sort of that whole thing when you give birth to your own child, whereby suddenly. This human being is almost more important than you for a while. I mean, just while you go through the mother bit, it's like it's like your job is to make sure that this child is safe in this world, and you're going to grow. This child is going to grow, and the thing is that what's so interesting about that is that this is a huge thing that's been very under researched Mm -hmm. all over the world, and this everybody knows about. How adolescence changes you, how the different life stage stages change you, how the terrible twos are different, et cetera, et cetera. But there's this one stage of our lives, which is becoming a mother that has that completely changes us. And it's hardly been researched at all. And when you've read this book, it's kind of it, you sort of understand how, how actually it's perfectly understandable that trying to be like this with stepchildren when you haven't been through the process you don't stand a chance because it's just totally different
1: right yeah and again it's not a diss we'll say against stepkids of course not it's of just reality
0: it's, it's 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 the reality and you can you can get there another way but just by not the way you think you can Right. I was was talking to somebody else the other day, and she was saying that um, because of this dishonesty in a relationship where you're supposed to love your stepchildren, Mm -hmm. she cannot stand anything. Holding hands with the stepchild, looking the stepchild in the eye, everything is just hugely difficult for her because the relationship is based on a lie. Is it a young child? Yes. Sort of... Before the age of ten and, and she
1: would be attacked by other stepmoms, which makes exactly. me angry for exactly. not loving a kid. How dare you not hold that kid's hand? they need blah 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 yeah. they need they're asking for you to love them they're yeah. and look, I get it that woman don't like feeling that way, but she exactly. does. But you
0: know what, Laurie? What could change that is her being honest and the child being honest. And then if you got into an honest relationship, you could immediately look somebody in the eye. And your warmth towards them changes because you're honest. Right.
1: Yes. Now, let's, let's talk about that for a second. Being honest with a child. Because some stepmoms will say, what do I say to little Susie when she wants to hold my hand or she wants me to do all this stuff with her? What can I say or how can I say it to where I won't hurt this child's feelings?
0: What I think is, in answer to that question, is you don't start from there. You don't start having that conversation when the child wants to hold your hand right. so if you if the child wants to hold your hand you make a decision you go not now whatever whatever your name is you know not now i'm just you know whatever I, I want to have my hands in my pocket or whatever or you hold the child's hand but my 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 reckoning would be is not to have that conversation at that time but to have the conversation at another time and say can we have an honest conversation about this? Because I think it's more sensible to have a relationship whereby we can look each other in the eye and know exactly how one feels about each other without it being in any way a negative or, or nasty. It's just the truth. And I think that we'll be better off like that.
1: Yes, I agree.
0: Now Well, do you agree? Do you think that's too do you
1: think that's too hard? I don't think that's too hard at all, but I feel like that if you say to someone, and we'll say a child, Lori really needs some alone time. Lori needs some quiet time. Yeah. I need time to re-energize. Yeah. I don't have the energy that you have. Yeah. And create that space in the beginning. I've got a friend of mine that she was on my podcast. Yeah. And she talks about how she does that with her own son. Yeah. And her stepdaughter and her husband. She needs downtime, whether it's a nap, whether it's reading in a book for a little bit, painting, whatever. She needs her downtime. And I'm the same way. Absolutely.
0: And I think that that's, as you say, as normal in an original family as mm-hmm. it is in, a, in any other fi- step family or anything. Right.
1: And it's sometimes the kids won't want to be alone. Yeah. And I think it is being honest with them, but not honest to the point of, you're getting on my last nerve. No, quite. Right. That's
0: why, that's why you need, to, the conversation needs to be taken away and away from the immediateness uh, of what's going on, but had at a time when it's, it's a good time to have it as opposed to one when.
1: Right. Because you, you want to yeah. figure out the discipline or punishment for breaking a rule when you're not angry, not when it happens. Exactly.
0: Exactly. 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 What I would like to talk about is is what you were talking about expectations, you know, because that that's also interesting for me because I think that so many expectations that we have as a step parent is based on our upbringing and what we think is good manners or good the good way to be in life, and so many stepmothers have a problem because their stepchildren have been brought up with a different load of expectations mm-hmm. so we we are forever coming up against a cultural difference between ourselves and our stepchildren if they were our own children we would have brought them up in a way where they would have met our expectations mm-hmm. i mean you talk about cereal packets but it's a bit like you know it's it's our expectation might be that, you know, when a cereal packet gets finished, they put it in the bin or when the, when the uh, toilet roll gets finished in the bathroom, they take it to you and then you get a replacement or whatever happens. You know, it's sort of like, but when these expectations aren't being met all the time, then the stepmother can say, well, the stepchild doesn't know how to behave. But it's not that. It's just the stepmother has got a different set of expectations that are not being met because the children aren't educated to understand what your expectations are.
1: Right. Because their partner, the bio parent of the child has different expectations for their children. Indeed. Indeed. And we all have, and all of these little expectations are all over the place. It's like,
0: it's down to sort of uh, how you smile, how you talk, you, you know, what you say, what you think is funny. I mean, it's like, Your stepmother can say, "Well, I, I, you know, I don't understand. I don't understand why they think that's funny." Well, it's only difference. It's not. It's not wrong. It's Mm -hmm. just different,
1: right? And I'm glad we're talking about expectations because actually, I'm working on a new challenge in the Nacho Kids Academy about expectations. Oh yeah, yeah. Because I've noticed there are. Some things that have happened lately that I need to lower my expectations Uh because I'm getting my feelings hurt, which in turn, I get withdrawn a little. Yeah. And then I also hmm, maybe a little angry, we'll say, and I've got to stop because... I shouldn't feel that way. And like I said, there's just things that have happened lately that I, I'm like, I should not let that bother me so much. Why does that bother me? It's my expectations. So I've started thinking a lot about it. Yep. Yeah. Think about how many expectations you have a day. Oh, millions. 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 Yeah. You expect your legs to work to get you out of bed in the morning? Yep. Yeah. If you don't have issues with your legs, yep. you expect the power to come on. If you paid your power bill and you have electricity, Yep, you expect the coffee maker to work. You expect whoever interacts with you that morning to be polite yep. and joyful and yep. happy and bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Then you expect your car to start when you leave. You expect your order to be right when you go through the Burger King drive through. Yeah. Which brings me to a point. At the Burger King drive-thru, when your expectations aren't met, yep. how do you respond? You can get mad. We've all gotten mad at drive-thrus. Frustrated. yep, Disappointed. And then you say, should not have expected them to get it right. They always mess it up. But you don't go crazy about it. When your expectations aren't met, i feel like it's on you to figure out how to deal with that yeah without lashing out at others
0: and that's what you're planning to do are you with what when when expectations aren't met in your stepfamily
1: situation well for instance there was an expectation that i would have a better relationship with one of the kid's girlfriends. Yep. And I didn't know there was that expectation, number one. But number two, I felt like I had reached out and maybe the effort not been as reciprocated. Yep. Not from her, but him. And so one day I said something about it. I was like, we don't ever talk like we used to. And he replied and said, that we didn't have that much in common or we don't have anything in common. And that kind of hurt my feelings. Of course. Yeah. I'm like, we got your daddy in common. What do you mean we ain't got nothing in common? Yeah. And I'm telling you, I've learned so much being a stepmama. You just wouldn't believe.
0: Yeah. Well, that's one of the good things about being a stepmother. You, you learn a lot about yourself.
1: Yes. Oh, my gosh. All of, well, 95% or 90% of the Nacho Kids Academy is self-development. Hmm. But anyway, I said something. I said, okay, Lori. Yeah. That's a boundary. To me, he's setting a boundary. Yep. Yeah. We don't have that much to talk about anymore because we're not talking about finances or girls, you know, just things that he has interest in right now. Yeah. And so then when we found out that he was having a baby, yeah. he. Was a little upset that we didn't have a closer bond to his girlfriend. Right. Yes. And I explained to him that he is the middle piece for me to have a relationship with her. My relationship with her right now is dependent on my relationship with him. Yeah. So don't be mad at me. Well, we agreed to make an effort. Okay. Guess what? Well. I made 95% of the effort. Oh. So guess what?
0: It's not working.
1: I have to let that expectation go. Yeah. I also want him to understand that him having an expectation of me having a relationship with her is unrealistic Mm. at this point.
0: Mm. Well, you know, one of the things about it might be it might be just a little bit like we were talking before about the realistic bit, the honesty bit, Mm -hmm. you know, perhaps there's been, there needs to be a realignment and just being honest about, I won't say, well, I mean, what the relationship actually is at the moment. Mm -hmm. And if everybody's really honest that it's not that great, it's a good place to
1: start. Yeah. But it's not bad either. And see, this is the thing. He's 23 years old. He's in the Mm -hmm. military. He's been gone Mm -hmm. five years. Mm -hmm. He's in Germany. He's traveled all over the world, basically. He has a girlfriend. He's trying to work some side hustle because he's getting out of the military next year. And um, now they're having a baby. Yeah. And he has his own life. Yeah. So is he doing anything, quote, quote, wrong? or is he doing anything to intentionally not have a relate a closer relationship with me when we were close before no yeah. no it's my expectation that's what it boils down to mm-hmm. completely mm-hmm. and if when i do talk to him if i bring up well here i am trying to do better and contact you more and i just don't feel like it's being reciprocated then he's going to have Either a guilt feeling or or a, well, that's on you.
0: And you're going to feel resentful and quite angry. Right. if If you're making the effort and it's not
1: reciprocated. So what is the one thing that will solve all these problems? No expectations.
0: And then I feel that you're creating room for something to grow. Right. If you reduce the expectations, you're then in a position for something. We don't know this baby yet when the baby arrives. I mean, it's it's you've got a whole new... Dynamic, yeah, a whole new person to, to involved. A departure point in front of you, haven't you? You've got a whole new world. I mean, first of all, they're becoming a family. They don't know how difficult becoming a family can be. There's all sorts of things that parents need in terms of help and and all sorts and fun and there are good times ahead if that is to be isn't it mm-hmm. but they're not there yet so it's so by being lowering your expectations and not getting angry and resentful yourself allows for whatever is to exist and then from there new things can grow right right and you might find that you and the kid get on just fantastically from the get-go, and the rest
1: is history. The kid's going to love me. Yeah. And that's like, okay, and this was supposed to be the topic of our conversation, but I want to keep going on expectations. We're just going to have to have you back again to talk about being a step-grandparent and all that okay. stuff. But I do want to talk about this one second. My step-grandkids, yeah. I have two right now. One's on the way. Yeah, They're going to be the first two are a year and one day apart. And the next one's going to probably be a year and a month and a half apart. Okay. So, bam, bam, bam. Yeah. The oldest stepchild is the one that's having, that has the oldest grandchild. Right okay. Now. And one of the triplets has a little girl that she's 10 months right now. Okay. Okay and then the another of the triplets the one having the baby next year but anyway i love these babies i love them but i will say and this is no shock to anybody because even the baby's mom understands i have a different relationship with the baby girl she's younger mhm but a lot of that is because when the oldest grandchild was yeah. born, he was sick a little bit, so they were very protective. He was in the hospital for a while, so we weren't able to build that bond with him. No, that I have built with her. Yeah, and her mom wasn't as—I um, don't know how to say it—but she, she was more apt to say, "Here, you want to hold her?" Yeah. So we passed her her around like a hot potato. Yeah. So the relationship that I have with these step-grandchildren right now is different. How interesting. But that's going to change. And I know that. No relationship stays the same. No. And Kay and Avery and the oldest grandkid have moved back in with us for a little bit. So I am getting to bond with him more. Yeah. And I'm getting to see him laugh and Start talking and all this great stuff. Yes. My relationship with the step grandkid yep. is not based off my relationship with the step kid.
0: Yes. Yeah. It's different. It's independent.
1: Right. And I know that Gideon, the oldest, will know that I'm not his real grandma because there's no qualms about it. Yeah. And when I say real grandma, no, I ain't your real grandma. I am not your biological grandma. But you know what? That makes me more awesome. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds cute. Well, I wondered about this when I knew that Kay and Avery were going to have a baby and that Ethan was going to have a baby about how I would feel as a step grandma. Now, I'm going to tell you how I feel about these babies, no matter how much I love them love them. Yep. Love I know when Jackson has a baby it'll be different. But here we go with those expectations. Yeah. Of you're supposed to love them all the same. But there's like that biology to it, like you said, that book you're reading. Yeah. But you have these expectations of what will my relationship be like with these step-grandkids? Yeah. I had none. None. Yeah. I don't expect them to love me like they do their own biological grandparents. Yeah. Do I think they will? Pretty darn close to it. Again, it boils down to the expectations. Yep. Now, also, if we're talking about expectations, what expectations do other people have of you? We talk about our own that we have of other people. What expectations do people have of you? Yeah. So, Allison, what is an expectation that you feel like somebody had of you today?
0: That um, <laughs> that I would uh, uh, that I would be reliable.
1: Right. I expected you to be on this Zoom call. You did. I did.
0: Yeah. No, that's. I mean, I mean, I reckon that we're we're always trying to meet the expectations others have of us
1: right some of us those step yeah. kids aren't those some of us no they're not trying to meet your expectations because they really probably don't even know what your expectations are yeah as a step parent and they're getting yeah. conflicting information between bio parent and step parent
0: yeah yeah mm-hmm. i mean i think that with my st- stepchildren now, we have a pretty good idea of where our expectations of each other's lie. And it's been a long, long long-fought number of years, and we are in a very comfortable place now. Right. So I think my stepson, who I saw today, and I saw my step grandchildren today, and I, we have a set of expectations of each other, and we very much meet them. Mm-hmm. And so my relationship with my stepson now is extremely compatible.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, I completely agree that where step parents. You know, when you're when you're going through the process of establishing that they're falling short of your expectations, and you're falling short of their expectations.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's one thing too. When you are getting into a blended relationship, once you've decided you're going to take this as a serious relationship, yeah. you need to talk about what each other's expectation is. Yeah, in this blend, meaning. Your role as a partner, your yeah. role as a step parent, your role yeah. as a bio parent, if there is one, because yeah. my role as a bio parent was to take care of Jackson's medical appointments. Yeah. My role for the stepkids was not that. No. So you have to figure out where those roles are going to be, and you don't have to get that detailed, but you ha- need to talk about what your expectations are because. If your partner expects you to do everything, yeah. then that's not going to go well.
0: Yeah. And also, you, you, you've got to do more than that because you, you, there's a load of expectations where you'll be expecting something without ha- expecting to have to talk about it. So you're forever coming across expectations where you assume right. something is going to be one way and it turns out to be another. Right. So even if you do have that conversation, you still can't you 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 still haven't covered it all. Right. You're still going to be let down. Mm-hmm. Both okay. sides are going to be let down.
1: Right. And you can't control it.
0: No. No, you can't control it. One of the things that I think is what can be helpful is to view people's differences as them holding different
1: perspectives on things. Mm-hmm. And so... Yeah, sometimes a lie is not a lie, it's perception. Absolutely. that's Yeah, absolutely. that they're, they're
0: thinking it's the right way. And you're considering that one of the most helpful ways that you can deal with these kinds of problems is that if you take a different mental approach to something, it really can change your whole demeanor. It can change how you feel it can change what you think it can change any sort of illness in your body like the headache it's giving you or the lack of sleep it can change your behavior and it can change your whole understanding of the situation and it it's it, it's just it completely transforms your view if you decide to take a different perspective on something yes so for example you know how it is when something happens, and one person gets completely furious about it, and another person laughs, right? And thinks it's funny, right? And you know, it's the, it's the same thing. The same thing has happened, but people have a completely different perspective on it. And if you if you decide you're going to adopt a really helpful perspective on the stuff that happens, it can transform your experience of it. Yes. So if you think that mealtimes are complete hell Mm -hmm. and you don't know where to start because it's all wrong, if you just sit back and decide that you think it's quite amusing instead, well, you don't need to think it's amusing, but you might just think this is interesting as opposed to this is wrong. Right. The moment you, you start giving your hard yourself a hard time and i of saying, Well, this isn't right, this is wrong, I mustn't let this continue, this is they should know better, I shouldn't have to put up with this, I'm being treated badly, all of these kinds of self-things that you can you can say to yourself. But if you stop yourself and just think of a of a more helpful perspective on it and say, Well, here I am how come i've got myself here this is very amusing interesting um whatever and you mm-hmm. don't need to be affected by it and your whole attitude can be entirely
1: different you are so right and that again that's a lot of what we teach in the academy because it's so important and i have that change your thinking, thinking challenge which is that is changing your perspective and I know I often tell people, you have to look at extremes sometimes. And when I say that, if your stepchild just rode on your new couch with a black Sharpie. Yeah. And you feel like you are getting ready to go cut up like cheetah. You get ready to flip out on them. Yeah. Walk outside and ask yourself, if you just found out that child had terminal cancer How would you respond to that situation? Yeah. Yeah. And look, I know it's extreme. But what we forget happens is we get mad at these kids. We say things. And they're in developmental ages. Mm. And I say this coming from a mom that hollered at us a lot. Mm. And I know how that felt. Yeah. You just have to change the way that you look at it and give it the right emotional weight.
0: Well, it's 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 about priorities, isn't it, really? It I is. mean, The example that you use of the black sharpie on the um sofa, I use the example of um a stepmom who had decided to put in a new kitchen and she put in this was the, this was her pride and joy. Mm-hmm. And um she then didn't want any of the stepchildren messing the kitchen up, of course. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah, stay out of uh, it. Don't so even go there in were, there.
0: There were hundreds of little rules about using this kitchen. And in the, ste- in the end, the stepchildren, well, they, they decided to cut off. And, you know, actually, I, you know, she says now it destroyed the relationship she had with those children and yeah. it cut them off from their father. Uh, because they didn't come so often, and in the end, they hardly came at all, and she lost right. them, and, she, and so and the father, and she was very, very sad about the fact that her husband lost his relationship with his children, and yeah, a kitchen is a big thing. It's a bit like a a white sofa with a black sharpie. I mean, it's not nothing, is it? It's it's yeah. a it's a it's a big thing, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day is it worth losing the relationship with the children? That's the, pri- that's the priority decision you've got to make. Right. Or the relationship with your partner. Yep, absolutely. So that has a message for you about life and living life and, and how much you're going to, you know, you, you, you've got to guard against putting something so precious in your home, you're not going to allow the children anywhere near it.
1: Right. I know we waited till the kids moved out to redo things. We got new floors, redid the kitchen, all this stuff. One of them asked David, why did you wait till we moved out? He said, is that not obvious? (laughs) We waited till you moved out because y'all would have tore everything up. Yeah. But then guess what? We got grandbabies. Yeah. And they throw things on the floor. Yeah. And some things can chip the floor. Yeah. I don't want that stress. And- You know, I I used to have some really big OCD issues. Yeah. I couldn't have them and live here. And I'm not saying everybody can just get over their OCD issues, but I realized it was my issue to deal with. Yeah. So if I had a problem with the shoes on the floor and David didn't, and the kids didn't, I I should pick them up.
2: Mm. Mm.
1: And I know a lot of people are freaking out on me right now hearing that. Mm. But it is. If your partner does not have the same OCD issue, mm. more than likely they are not going to make their kid mm. do what you need that kid to do. Mm. So you don't have these OCD issues. Or you're not triggered.
0: You can help yourself a bit. You can, you can, I find that um, you can reorganize life a bit so that things aren't, Left all over the place, if that's what you don't want right you, know, you, you can help yourself a bit like that, you know what yes. I mean mm-hmm. You don't have to put up the shoes left in the middle of the hall. They are left in the middle of the hall. Nobody seems to care about them. But if you sort it out in a way that you put a shoe rack in the in the in the front or outside the front door or something, then you then then, if things have a place, you can do yourself a favor, you know,
1: right. And a lot of people will say, Oh, but wait a minute. What about nachoing? Here's the thing. You nacho things that cause you stress. Mm. If you've got the stepkids that leave their shoes at the door and it drives you crazy. Yeah. And you ask their dad, hey, when you get a chance, can you move the shoes that are in front of the door? Yeah. You're not saying move your lazy kid's shoes. I've told them 800 times. Anything like that. You're just saying, hey, honey, can you do me a favor? And when you get a chance, pick those shoes up. Yeah. They know their kids did it. They don't need you to tell them. Mm -hmm. And then if they won't do it, this is where you have to figure stuff out. Which is going to cause you less stress? Picking up the shoes and putting them where you want them to be? Yeah. Or leaving them sitting there? Whichever is the less stressful is what is the nacho choice? Yeah. That's good advice. And a lot of people would say, well, wait a minute. I thought picking up the shoes would be not nacho. Well, it is because you're lowering your stress, and that's the whole point. Yes. But most people will not even consider picking up the shoes, and they're going to be mad about it all day. Yep. And it's like white towels. We hear about those all the time. If you have white, nice bathroom towels And your stepkids, leave them laying on the floor and they get stinky and they get stained. Yeah. Go buy some more and put them up for just you. Yeah. That's right. You can't expect. Here we go again. You can't expect other people to take care of your stuff No, like you think they should. No. Just like you can't expect your partner to parent their children like you think they should.
0: No, that's right. And the difference is that as a step-parent, you don't have equal authority as your partner because your partner is the parent of the children, but you're not. And so if you and they disagree about your expectations, then you don't have the authority. Whereas if their children were yours, you'd
1: have equal authority. Right. Yeah. And so, for instance, too, back to the dream kitchen thing. There was this lady, she got a new car, told her husband she didn't want the kids riding in it. They wanted to go riding just to see the new car. He took them to McDonald's. They dropped a French fry in the car. All you know what broke loose when she found out. Yeah. And it, it was, it was bad. And of course, I tried to talk her down, which I'm sure did not help any because I'm trying to put into perspective it's a car, it can be cleaned. All this stuff. And you might can scream at your own kid for doing that. But you scream at your stepkid. They don't have that cushion between their heart when it comes to you because you're not their parent. Yeah. So it comes across as hate. Yeah. Because they don't know that they can trust you and love you yet, especially if you are acting like the evil stepmother and coughing out orders like a drill sergeant.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, of course, if you are the parent – You have this connection, so you can be a lot more brutal in a way. Mm -hmm. But if you're a step-parent, that relationship can be broken.
1: Right. Well, Allison, I know I've talked to you forever already. (laughs) We did not talk about what we needed to talk about, so we're going to have you back. Okay. That sounds good to me. As long as you're good with it. This might just become the month of Allison. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I'll do. I'll save them all and have a month of Allison. Okay. So, next time, we're going to talk about relationships with the stepkids. Okay. How you feel differently between them versus your own kids, and even them individually. Not yeah. in a critical way. You know that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And being a step-grandmother. Yep. Yeah. And also, if you can, I'd like to talk about how you viewed your husband's parenting amongst the kids. Oh, yeah. your bio kids are your hours kids. Yeah, Okay. So we'll talk about that. Excellent. All right. Thanks. Talk to you soon. Okay. One thing that Allison says, y'all, I'm telling you, I love this lady, is we don't love people on demand. You can't make people love you and you can't make yourself love other people just because somebody demands it. Like, you can't demand that I love your kids and it just happened.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. But I can love you on demand. Like, I can, come up, I can come up to you and say, I love you. Or tell me you love me. Is that love on demand? Oh, Am I my misunderstanding gosh. the concept? You
1: are misunderstanding <laughs> life in general today.
2: <laughs> I'm trying.
1: <laughs> no, you're not. That's the problem. <laughs> And it's okay to love people differently. It's okay to have different relationships with different stepkids. I have different relationships with my stepkids.
2: I got different relationships with your stepkids.
1: (laughs) Yes, you (laughs) do. And it's natural that these relationships are different because nobody's the same. Mm Mm-hmm. So don't beat yourself up if you have a relationship with one step kid and not the other. Because you know what? Five years from now, that might change. Yep. You never know what the future holds. But we do know that next week, you can come back and listen to us.
2: (laughs) Yep, because we'll be here on Black Friday. We might even have a special deal for you. Ooh. What do you think about that? I like that. Okay. All right. All right. We'll come up with something for Black Friday. Okay, then. All right. So join us next week, folks, to find out what that's all about because I don't even know right now either. (laughs) (laughs) And remember, life is good when you nacho. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nacho Kids Podcast. Find us online at nachokids.com. Until next time, remember, life is good. When you not show.